Hello, and welcome to Steeped in Mystery. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jenna. <gasps> Jenna. Okay, before <sighs> I get into, because I have a whole thing, um, do you want to tell us what tea we're drinking? We are drinking blackcurrant tea. So. And it is delicious. Oh my God, it really is. It doesn't taste like your typical black tea Mm-mm. at all. It's like, um, it's more tangy. It is. It has a little bit of a, like, look at my cloud. I know. It's like floating perfect. Like, you've got good separation of your liquids there. I would think that this is kind of the weather right now. It can't decide if it wants to be cloudy or sunny or both. You need to take a picture before you stir that. It's too gorgeous. <laughs> like that's. Some, I think you're right. That's some Instagram-worthy tea right there. I'm okay. just saying. Right. Um, we'll do it. While you do that, before we get into today, today's topic, I have a PSA. Oh, no. (laughs) If you or a loved one has been possessed by a demon, you may be freaking out. Demon possession is a rare but serious affliction linked to entity exposure. Exposure to entities in creepy houses, cults, magic misuse, Ouija boards, or a 13-year-old slumber party gone wrong may have put you at risk. Please don't wait to call the nearest priest for free demon consultations and an information packet. Possessed persons, call now at 1-800-GET-THE-SALT. <laughs> that, that, that was beautiful. Thank you. That was beautiful. 1-800-GET-THE-SALT. I was thinking about it. We're getting into demons today. Well, one demon in particular today. Yeah. And, and this was 100% my idea for an episode, but Amanda is taking over today. Yeah, because it's, it's just the way it worked it's out. It's just the way it worked. <laughs> so, Jenna handed me her topic idea, and I was like, well, I don't know where she wanted to go with this, but here I go. Yep. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm over here getting buckled in because I am already a little bit creeped out. Yeah, and we'll get into that. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Uh, I, so we're talking about the demon, uh, Volak or Volik or Volik. However you want to say it. However you want to say it. Whatever part of the, uh. Um, and for those of you who don't know, this demon was featured primarily in The Nun. Yes. Which is part of the Conjuring verse with Ed and Lorraine. Yes. Warren. And so I started where all good research starts. Watching movies. There you go. <laughs> so I went and watched both Nun movies. I didn't actually hear the name Volak used. I might have missed the huh. w- one line where his name was used. Because it does say his name is specifically mentioned. So I might have just went right. went off into dreamland for, for a wee bit. <laughs> sure. But, so you get the first movie. And you're at this really old abbey in Romania and there's this nun and she's got a key and then she's running from a demon and she hangs herself. <laughs> That's like a classic nun movie right there. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. See, I just thought all nun movies were about, you know, spinning around in the Alps and, you know, singing songs and making clothes well, I mean, out of curtains. and. I mean, the hills were alive. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> just not oh, wait she wasn't quite a nun <laughs> no but there were nuns in that movie. there were nuns okay we didn't this was what was happening while she was busy like off singing 
Oh, geez. And yodeling. This is what was happening back this at the, the Abbey. <laughs> that Abbey was kind of creepy, to be fair. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like Abbeys generally are. It's the really old Gothic architecture oh, that yeah, really yeah. sells it. And mm-hmm. all the statues with eyes and, you know, God just staring at you constantly. Sure. <laughs> it's kind of the way that, like, Mormon churches feel like the back rooms. <laughs> That is 100%. Yeah. I I had not made that correlation before, but now I have. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, I mean, obviously settings like that are already crazy. So they, basically in the movies, they follow this one particular nun who's helping this bishop to get rid of this demon. And so in the first one, they think they got rid of it. Using the blood of Christ, blah, blah, blah. They go live happy lives. Oh, no. It's back for round two because this stupid farmer that was there that saved the nun decided to get possessed while he was there and not actually let the demon die. <sighs> Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, so he goes and starts traveling the country while possessed and the demon, meanwhile, while he's traveling the country thinking everything's fine in the night the demon comes out and just freaking kills priests and stuff and the nun was like called back to go get rid of it again and she's like well what about the bishop i was with and they're like he's dead and she's like what she's like they're like nah it was cholera or some like random disease like that oh gosh (laughs) so she's stuck doing it alone this time and this wow and this time it's at least like younger girls school with nuns teaching the younger girls and she goes and she finds this relic and then she makes the wine into Jesus's blood with the blessing and kills the demon that way. Again, that kind of tracks. Yeah. So, so watching both of them, you've with, with it, I didn't, the demon Volak didn't translate, especially after, I went and researched more about the demon Volak. But I was wondering what the original story was. Because I know with the Ed and Lorraine huh. universe, Conjuring verse, yes. uh-huh. there's original stories that they at least somewhat base the films off of. Sure, and sure. case files that Ed and Lorraine handled. So I was like, okay. Well, what inspired... This particular movie? <laughs> this, this? This particular uh, uh, wine into blood? I mean, listen, it was a fun movie to watch. Be gone, <laughs> Satan. It's just one of those ones where you have to be very open to uh, just sort of following things along, if you know what I mean. <laughs> just going with the flow of the demon possessing people and yes, killing people. Okay. So. What if I don't want to go along with that flow, Amanda? Because, I mean, that uh, that's just sounding... Creepy AF. Well, you, you're going to have to. Okay, buckling in. I had buckling to. Buckling in. So I follow the Buckle. rabbit hole. Okay. And this rabbit hole goes weird before we ever get to Volak. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. So the so Ed and Lorraine run like this site, Nesper, which is basically their... We talked about it on our Annabelle episode. It's their website for chronological... Chron- chronicling chronicling 
the chronicles of their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They keep their case files. <laughs> they keep chronicling. Their... <laughs> that sounds like that's a, a really weird word. I hate you... it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The chronicles of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. They keep okay. their case files, uh, video interviews that they've had, pictures from specific case files, oh. that kind of stuff. I did use some of their information when we did the Annabelle episode. So I was like, okay, I'll go back there and see what case sounds the most. Like oh, this. okay. And like there was one labeled like demon something. So I click on that. I'm like, that must be it. But no, that one. <laughs> but wait, <laughs> it wasn't. That was a whole nother demon. That was a whole different demon. Okay. And it was some guy like getting arrested and claiming it was a demon inside him, which by the way, Ed and Lorraine said it wasn't. So it's not even worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a case they handled at a place called the Borley Rectory. Oh. And before I get into what they did there, I'd like to give you a bit of history on the Borley Rectory. Okay. Okay. So it's a house, or was a house. It's been since taken down. It was demolished in 1944, which, guys, if some place is, like, low-key haunted, let's just not. Let's just not. Yeah. It's like breaking open a bottle of angry bees. Like, where do you think they're going to go? Like, certainly not just stay and chill around, like... Yeah, there, there's a lot wrong with that yeah. when you just decide to mess around and find out. I don't like when people do that. No, it don't make sense to me either. Well, it it's famous. The Borley Rectory is famous for being the most haunted house in England. Quote, unquote, this was from a researcher, Harry Price, who said this. Um... It was built in 1862 to house the rector of the parish of Borley and his family. So a parish is like a church family sort of deal. Sure. And and his legitimate family lived there with him as well. Kind of like a bishop's house or a priest's house. Yeah, and it's generally in very close proximity to the church, like if not like right next to work. Yeah, so it's basically where the leader of this sect of the church was staying with his family okay it was a large gothic style place and was claimed to be haunted since it was built um in 1922 the reports uh went up and the daily news the daily mirror newspaper published an account of a visit by price who wrote two board books supporting claims of paranormal activity um he price was part of the spr the society for physical research who actually rejected most of the sightings or as fabricated and imagined and like they were really hurting price's credibility um and now his claims are generally discredited by ghost historians which can I be a ghost historian? I didn't know this was a job, wow. by the way. I had to look it up. It is a real job. There are ghost historians. That is phenomenal. I What a I job. Love I love it. <laughs> I want to talk with a ghost historian. There you go. Uh, he did write a biography, though, or there was a biography written about him and several do- television documentaries because so many people were fascinated with the rectory, which given its reputation as one of the most haunted places in England. Sure. I can't imagine why they wouldn't be. Um, 
they broadcast, they scheduled to broadcast in September of 1956, but it was canceled owing to concerns that possible legal action by the widow of the Borley Rectory was going to file. So they were worried that the widow was going to cause problems. Huh. Um, and instead they, and instead they waited until 1975 when the BBC aired a program entitled the ghost hunters that focused on the house with interviews with psychic researchers, including Peter Underwood. And they even had a late night psychic investigation at the Borley church. So okay. they they never aired his original videos on on yeah, which always raises red flags to me. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So again, built in 1862, the house was built by one Reverend Henry Dawson, who moved in basically a year after it was constructed. Um, the house was repla- replaced an earlier rectory, which had been burnt down in a fire in 1841. There, there's, okay. a reason, there's a reason I'm leaving that tidbit in. Okay. Here we go. Uh, the nearby church the, was built in the 12th century, so a really super old church near there bunch of hamlets around the area hamlets are like super small villages for people who don't know we actually have a hamlet near here did you know that i did not atomic city is small enough to be considered a hamlet shut the front door yeah okay that makes this place a little more charming instead of just being like the place where those rednecks kind of set up in the middle of the desert and race cars yeah it's a hamlet okay (laughs) a bunch of farmhouses you know, that kind of land. Real open fields, beautiful grasses. Well, there is a legend that the Benedictine Monastery was supposedly built in the area around 1362 and that a monk from the monastery conducted a relationship with a nun from a nearby convent, which they assume is from the same church. Ooh. Yeah, this is a no, 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 no. Nuns are supposed to be like mm. God's or Jesus's wife. I'm not sure which. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure if it's God or Jesus. They're supposed to be married to God. Yeah. So they yeah. are not to be touched. Big no-no. Yeah. Complete celibacy. Yeah. It's... Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't At, like that look, Amanda. After their affair was discovered, the monk was executed and the nun was reportedly bricked up alive oh my get in on the con- that went bad really fast in the convent walls why 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 would you do that that is not okay supposedly this has been debunked as a way to romanticize the rectory but we don't actually have any proof that it didn't or did happen <sighs> and honestly i could see it happening it wasn't uncommon for people to I, I hate to say it, but it was not uncommon for people to face terrible penalties when it came to God, especially during these times and in that region. Mm-hmm. It would not have surprised me if they were like, you're going to be just bricked up in this wall. Mm-mm. 
I mean, like, fucking psychopaths do that shit nowadays. Why? Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. The first paranormal events at the Borley Rectory were reported in 1863, when locals remembered having heard unexplained footsteps. Um, also, on the 28th of July in 1900, four of the daughters of the household thought they saw the ghost of a nun at twilight about 40 yards from the house. They tried to talk to it, but as they approached, it disappeared. So they're sitting there walking up to it, and then it... So they probably initially thought it was, like, not even a ghost, that it was just a real... Just none. a nun, because they're living... And, yeah, and they're like, oh, what is she doing What's here? What's the nun doing here? Yeah. This is... Okay, they pointed this out in the nun movies, and this is something that really gets me about nuns, which makes the whole thing scarier, is a lot of nuns will take vows of silence. Mm. So, I mean, imagine, you could be walking up to a nun and them saying nothing, and it could just be a nun. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> or it could legitimately be an entity or ghost that's not going to talk back to you and i hate oh i know i hate that yeah i don't like that either no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. uh various people uh witness things at such as phantom coaches being driven by two headless horsemen and several sightings of said nun in the property surrounding wow okay as well as more weird sounds coming from the house itself. Mm-hmm. So, the rectory became vacant for a long time until a guy named Eric Smith, Reverend Eric Smith, and his wife moved into the house. After moving in, his wife, while cleaning out a cupboard, reported coming across a brown paper package containing... I want you to try and guess this, because I wouldn't have never guessed. Sugar? Nope. Like, flour? No. Like, a body part? Yes. Oh, shut up! How did I guess that? The skull of a young woman. Ah. Yeah. In the cupboard! In the cupboard. In a paper bag. In a paper bag. Okay. All right. Shortly after that, they had a variety of incidents, including the sounds of servant bells ringing despite being disconnected, which servant bells, for people who have, like, the little, like, Alexas in their home where they press a button and they can talk to someone on a different floor or whatnot... It's that same vibe, except for you'd ring a bell for different things. Mm-hmm. It would generally be like a pull cord or sometimes sometimes a button or a switch, but generally a pull cord. Just like and a it string would ring run through a bell, the wall. Like down in the kitchen yeah. area. So just a string goes through the wall all the way down to the kitchen. You pull, the bell dings. Yep. Just to get your servants to do whatever you feel like. Mm hmm. It's kind of great. <laughs> kind of creepy, kind of great. <laughs> Sounds amazing. For okay. people who are like, we've relied on technology too much. <laughs> right. We were trying to do the same stuff back then. Exactly. Everyone was too lazy to walk up the stairs and ask a question. <laughs> Let's be real. 
Additionally, they began seeing the horse-drawn carriage at night. Oh, gosh. They reached out to the Society for uh, Psychical psychical Research. I hate some words. (laughs) And arranged for Harry Price to come make his visit to the house. He arrived on June 12th and immediately a new kind of phenomena appeared, such as throwing stones, faces, and other objects. There were also spirit messages that were tapped out from the frame of a mirror. Great. That sounds amazing. After Price left, Smith's wife was kind of sitting there going, I think it was Price. I'm pretty sure it was Price. He came along and was doing these things on purpose to us to make us his witnesses for his research or something like that. Oh, okay. So she thinks he kind of like was faking it all and somehow. Pranking them or something. Okay, yeah. You know, along those Mm -hmm. lines. But you know what? If my house was haunted and someone showed up and more crazy shit started happening, I would probably rather believe that it's a human doing it than accept. Oh, well, yeah. So I think that's more of a mental protection. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's like, nah, we don't have a ghost. It was this guy that was being a jerk. But it wasn't, was it? No. Because later, uh, cousins moved in and began experiencing phenomena such as bell ringing, window shattering, throwing of stones and bottles, wall writing. Ugh, kill me. And the locking of Adelaide, the the niece of these cousins, like mm-hmm. of these cousins, in a room with no key. Um, there was a whole range of poltergeist phenomena, including uh, several people being thrown from their bed. Uh, on one occasion, Adelaide was attacked by quote something horrible. They tried twice to conduct an exorcism, but were were fruitless. And in the middle of the first exorcism. The guy conducting it was struck in the shoulder by a fist-sized stone. Good lordy. This is this is some aggressive type stuff going on, for sure. Yeah. The, the wife, Maureen Smith, still believes that the paranormal stuff was faked. And later on, people ended up claiming it was her who faked it to cover up. An affair she was having with one Frank Pe- Peerless. But honestly, I would not... That is not how you cover up an affair. You that, don't, That's a lot of effort to, to cover, cover up, up an affair. Yeah. That don't, that don't make sense to me. But okay. Well, we'll let them have their little fantasy that it was that. Yeah. After a while, it was once again vacated. And Price... That guy we're talking about Mm -hmm. gets a year long rental agreement with uh, the owners of the property. And then. And this is the the paranormal research dude. Yeah. Okay. And then he recruited 48 official observers, mostly students, who spent periods mainly during weekends at the house with instructions to report any phenomenon that had occurred. So he was so insistent on stuff going on that he. Leased the property for a year, hired 48 people, which if you think there's 24 hours in a day, you could have two people 
on 12-hour shifts. Alternating. That's crazy sauce. Yeah. Okay, so what did they find? Uh, one of Price's helpers made a report that she had contact with two spirits, the first of which was a young nun who identified herself as Marie Larry. According to the Planchette story, Marie was a French nun who left her religious order and traveled to England to marry a member of the Waldgrave family. She was said to have been murdered in an older building on the site of the Borley Rectory, which we know there was a rectory there prior. And her body was buried in a cellar or thrown into a disguised well. So I feel like that still fits with the in a bricked up place. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That that actually does kind of have some similarities if she was bricked. thrown down a well. Bricked and up. And bricked up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like, it could have got twisted into bricked up into a wall, but thrown into so a So she was a former nun, wasn't a nun at the time. Yes. According, according to her. Okay. And she would write, please for help on the wall, saying, please help or get me out. Jeez. The second spirit uh, to be contacted identified himself as Sunnix Amirez, who claimed that he would set fire to the Borley Rectory at 9 o'clock that night, the 27th of March, 1938. Now, remember, the first rectory was burnt down. He said that at the time, the bones of the murdered person, of a murdered person, would be revealed. Okay. So... Not in February, or not in March, but in February 27th of the year that he stated, the new owner was unpacking packing boxes when he knocked over an oil lamp in the hallway. Oh my gosh. The house was never connected to gas or electricity supply, and the water was obtained through a well in the courtyard. So the fire spread quickly through the house, and it was severely damaged. After investigating it, the, the insurance company concluded that the fire must have been set deliberately. For it to move as quickly as it did or something like that? Oh my gosh. Okay. Which sends me back to the paranormal loop, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like in my mind. Yeah. A Miss Williams from a nearby Borley Lodge would also complain that she would see if ghostly figure of a nun in the upstairs window during the fire and according to harry price um he demanded according to her harry price demanded a fee of one guinea 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 for her story so he's like i'll pay you if you let me have your story about seeing this nun in the window wow later after a brief dig in the cellars of the ruined house it was discovered, they discovered two bones thought to be of a young woman. So he was, so the ghost was right in saying <sighs> that the body of a murdered person was going to be found. Is this the same building that had the skull of the girl in the cupboard? And then they find bones in the cellar. Okay. I'm just saying. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, the bones were given to a Christian were given a Christian burial in Liston Churchyard 
after the parish of Borley refused to allow the ceremony to take place on account of local opinion that the bones found belonged to a, a pig. Oh. So locals were like, no, it has to be a pig. But if I'm a local and there's scary stuff happening, I don't want to believe that they actually found a murdered girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. Okay. Yeah. It, it's better to think it's something totally not nefarious. Than to think it's... And innocent versus that it is. Yeah. It's a lot easier. So after that, you know, people still kept doubting Price um, and on one account, a reporter named Charles Sutton accused Price of faking the t- phenomena and claimed that, well, but he claimed that while visiting the Borley fact- rectory with Price in 1929, he was hit on the head by a large pebble. And then he s- stated that he seized Price and found his coat pockets full of stones of different sizes. So he's like, it's totally fake. This guy threw a rock at me. And I'm like, that doesn't disprove anything. It just says this guy was mad at you and probably threw a rock at your head. Right. (laughs) Like, to be completely fair. Wow. So a lot of the people who uh, talk about the Borley Report, particularly SPR, um, claim that the phenomenon was either faked or due to natural causes, such as rats, acoustics, shape of the house... And in conclusion, the authors wrote, when analyzed, the evidence of the hauntings and poltergeist activity for each and every period appears to dis- diminish with force and finally vanish away. Hmm. They also wrote that Miss Maureen Foster, the wife of Reverend Lionel Foster, who lived at the rectory for a while, was actively engaged in fraudulently created haunted phenomena and that Price himself salted the mine and faked several phenomena while at the rectory. Oh, interesting. That was a twist. Okay. So they sit and just keep discrediting him. But then why would Ed and Lorraine go check out a place that has been discredited over and over and over? Huh. That's... Because Ed and Lorraine, they don't... That's a good question. Ed and Lorraine don't just go places. Let's be real. No, they they went to very specific places that, that had hauntings or phenomena or other things going on. So this, by the way, this is the Borley Rectory. That is a nice little building there. Right? That's pretty. Like, it's it's nothing... Not fancy, you know. It's, it's not fancy. It's like a yeah. second story, two story house. Yeah. Just classic, something nice. Mm-hmm. Um, its grounds are had. Oh, I'm sorry. I just like blanked out in my entire mind. <laughs> um, you just glitched. <laughs> I just glitched. So it's the nave there was set up according to the Ed and Lorraine Warren's website in the 11th century and later on had renovations in the 14th to 16th centuries, which is around the time that other people are saying that it was established. Okay. Um, The church as it stands now consists of a chancel, nave, south porch, and a crenellated... Western tower containing three bells, two of which were cast by an Alfred Bowell of Ipswich in 1926 and one from 
1574, cast by someone, the second Tony. (laughs) It just says S2 Tony. Okay. And they hang in their original oak frame with evidence of a fourth bell that may have been present. There's large porches, large bushes. There's a path that used to be stones. Um, In 2017, they placed in a brick wheelchair path and a bunch of side lights to make sure that the paths were safe and things like that. Okay. Uh, It is listed by the English Heritage as a grade one listed building, which is the highest of three grades of listing, which means that it's an area of exceptional interest and sometimes to be considered internationally important. Right. So this is a well-established sort of nave here. Okay. Uh, Things to know about this place was that in 1545, the manor was granted to a knight who was knighted by Queen Mary, who actually died in the tower. I know. And... That there are several tombs of his family found within the structure, including a monument about 14 feet high, 9 feet long, and 5 feet wide. Supported by six pillars with the Corinthian order beneath which lie the figures of Sir Edward, his wife, and both of the tombs have a Latin inscription with the record of their family and alliances. Hmm. So, I love a good, like, what are they called? There's a word for them when families have these tombs. They have them in, like, church crowns and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, You know what I'm talking about? Mausoleum. Mausoleum. I love a good mausoleum. I think that's a cool thing to have in a family. Yeah. To just all the family be, it, 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 like, gives me the Mulan vibes where she goes into the house with all her ancestors and they're all just dead together. I'm like, that seems like a great way to be... In the afterlife. <laughs> sure. Um, the church contains also contains memorials to two 19th century rectors, uh, Philip Harrington and his son, William Harrington, um, who were both in charge at the church at one point or another. Um, this place is about 10 acres, and, in, and the parish had an average of 195 inhabitants. Okay. This is a view in one of the chapels from Ed and Lorraine. That is cool. Yeah. Here's a little view of the cemetery with some random thing walking in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's another view of the chapel with someone creepy in the corner. Uh-huh. This is one of the photos I find interesting. It doesn't seem like much, but if you look, that looks like a hand holding a rosary. Uh, yeah. That's creepy. And these are officially from Ed and Lorraine. Wow. Um, the church and the rectory both have a history of paranormal activity, including phantom organ music, ghostly chanting, and, of course, the ghost of a nun moving about the churchyard. It has to be that same nun. Okay. The church and the rectory are frequently connected and and supposed, and there's a supposed 
Benedictine monastery in the area. So there is for sure a monastery near there. Okay. Ed and Lorraine documented their experience at the Borley with clear photo evidence. Ed was able to capture the photo of a ghost of a monk, who we see there in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And as well as a black mass moving past with undeniable evil energy. And when they showed the photos, they saw huh. it was a nun, which is that. Okay. Alrighty then. So they went and explored it because they were interested in the hauntings going on there as far as demons go. And they went through their usual process of letting Lorraine do her like, ooh. Yeah. Her, her natural ESP, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, I think you could, I think you could say that. Natural ESP. Yeah. yeah. Like, an, they she called it, like, intuition or, you know, but I, same, same. Yeah, just, just that, she, she's got a better vibe channel than the rest yeah. of us. Yeah, is, yeah, it yeah. Is all it really is. And they, they never specifically mention in a lot of their case files, they talk about how they wrap up a case, how they get rid of an entity, or how they handle it. But unfortunately, their case study ends with just saying that they documented evidence. But they were there during the later years of the Borley Rectory being there because of when it was demolished. Sure. So I wonder if they weren't able to go and handle it because of the demolition that took, demolition that took place. Oh, okay. Which theoretically means there still could be a nun at large. Okay. Okay. So going through all of it, I still see nothing citing this demon. The, right. But right. they do they do claim in the nun movies and stuff like that that it is a demon. Like explicitly claim that it is a demon. And if Ed and Lorraine are involved, we know it's a demon. They are demonologists. That's yes. what they do. Yeah. They didn't go there to document a ghost. That's Pro- not probably not. That's not what they do. Yeah. So what is a demon? Uh religiously speaking, I think it's a f- it's a non-human entity. Yeah. So I, I that mean, resides in hell. Maybe <laughs> we kind of talked about this again back when we did Annabelle, because again we were talking demons and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, demons are in just bas- basically every culture, almost sure. every religion and culture. Even Buddhism has a version of, of demons, uh, like Gnosticism. That's I, I, it. That's interesting. I went and looked at. I had to look it up. I had to go see how sure. many demons can be found in places like Mesopotamia, Babylonia, Egypt, Judaism. The Baha'i faith, Wicca, Islam, Gnosticism, Mandicism, Algonquins, like the, in- yeah, oh. yeah, granted they call it a Wendigo, just saying. <laughs> okay. Buddhism, uh, over in Iranian cultures, and of course Christianity, particularly Catholicism. And demons, the belief of demons, goes all the way back 11,650 years at uh, least as far as we can track, which is for, for, to make it easier, that is 582 generations of people believing in demons all over the world. That, that's like a lot. You, 
500 a long time. <laughs> 582 generations have never agreed on the same thing ever. No, Let not really. Cultures all over the world, at least 500 generations of people. Okay. All believe in demons. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Sigmund Freud even commented on demons and said that, quote, the fact that demons are always regarded as the spirits of those who have recently died shows better than anything the influence of mourning on the origin of belief in demons. So he believes that demons have to do with mourning, which is fair. As long as people have been dying, ghosts and demons sort of believe. Sure. And another philosopher, a William of Conches... God, I wish I could say names better. <laughs> Said, you think, as I infer from your words, that a demon is the same as a devil, which is not the case. For a demon is said to be any invisible being using reason as if knowing. Of these, the two high orders are called demons, that is, good knowing ones, and the lower order, which is called demon, which is evil knowing one. Kalos for good Kakos for bad. Which, if we follow the etymology of the word demon, it goes back to a Greek word, which actually just was talking about spirits in general. Huh. So to be fair, demons, as their word is, are spirits. But I was always taught, and I was always led to believe when I was religious. Mm -hmm. And I still believe this on a lot of levels. Okay. That the distinct difference between an angry spirit and a demon is that an angry spirit came from someone who was alive. Yes. A person who had a life, who had an experience, who you could talk to, talk about their trauma. Yes. Basically coach them through moving on to the next phase of life. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Demons... Never had a body. Yes. Demons are spirits that were, are so, ugh. And, and not human. And not human, that they could not be allowed to inhabit a body. Yeah. Um, a lot of religions and different places still associate, even some of the non-Christian religions talk about them being good that was cast down. So like angels. Fallen angels. Fallen yeah. angels. But not humans not humans we're They're talking a different type of entity altogether it is non-human which mm -hmm. is which is very important to remember because when you're dealing with something non-human it's not going to react or respond the way that a human would to any other thing so i i also was taught that the reason why you get possessions is because demons want to inhabit a body. Yeah, because they were they never given one. Yeah, they want to inhabit a body so that they can have the pleasures of which is why being in a body. Demon possession is often cited as having symptoms of things like lust and excessive greed and sure and overuse of foul language because imagine you're like stuck silent sitting in a box mm. for years and years and finally someone lets you out like the first thing you're going to want to do is be like i want to eat i want to screw i want to <laughs> swear i i you know it's so weird because i 
I've never kind of gone down that rabbit hole. I've only just seen them depicted in movies and possessions in movies. And usually they just want, they want the body so bad, but they want destruction of the person that inhabits that body. Well, because if there's another soul still in the body, it's not their body. It's the soul's body. Well, true. I mean, if you go move into a home and the previous owners are still there. That's, that's (laughs) true. That's true. That's the vibe. Now, I'm not saying that that makes them bad. I believe that demons are more along the lines of like animals. They're very instinctual. They don't do things because they're bad. Right. They do them because they feel like it. They kill because what does killing feel like? Uh, You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Which makes them more dangerous to me because they're, they're not. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I just, I think they're evil. Uh, which is fair. And bad. Which is fair. I, th- I definitely and would say don't mess with them. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I, I think that they're much the way that, like a wolf or an angry bear is in the sense that they don't see good and evil the way we see good and evil because they're not human and they don't have the human experience. Hmm. They do evil things the same reason that a a sociopath or like someone who can't feel empathy does them Mm. because they're curious to see what doing certain things elicits as a reaction. So they're, they're not mean. They're just experimenting. (laughs) I I mean, it's cruel and it's nasty and it's terrible, but yeah, no, like I, why not? No, why not? Why aren't they just, what happens if I break a human's bones? What happens if... Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> just, no. That's like pain and suffering. That's what happens. I know. So but, just no. But someone without empathy doesn't understand mm. these things. So they, they think if they, they cause it or do it that they'll feel something different? Yeah. They want to feel and experience. And doing the most dramatic things is how you feel and experience. Mm -hmm. They just don't understand that they don't need to go that far. (laughs) Yeah, no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So I went and looked into Valak to see why he would, why he'd be showing up with some nun. Why he could be potentially involved with a nun. So let's talk about Valak. Okay. This is his depiction. Do you want do you want to go ahead and Uh okay. So it looks like a little cherub, but it's not a cherub. Like the face is all wrong and there is horns involved and wings and he's riding riding on the back of a dragon with wings and it's a two-headed dragon but the dragons have beaks yeah that is so weird Uh, and not like that is so weird valak is a demon described in the geo geotic grimoires in the lesser key of solomon the Lesser Key of Solomon describes a lot of demons, by the way. Okay. I'd like to talk about that one day. So somebody has read through this Lesser Key of Solomon about all these descriptions and then just 
penned him out. Just decided to draw pictures and terrify us with nightmare fuel. That's what the monks did. They copied uh, books and they drew pretty pictures. Uh, ah, ah, that's, <laughs> that's not pretty. Um, I don't like it. He can also be called Yulak or Valak. Or um, in Thomas Rudd's variant, Valu, um, Vol Volak with a C, um, in the Liber Officiorum Spiritum, he's called Cooler or Dulas, or in the Munich Manual of Demi of Demonic Magic as Vol Volak with a C H. Okay. Um, wow. And he is depicted as an angelically winged boy riding on a two-headed dragon mm -hmm. and he is attributed with the power of finding treasures which in both of the nun movies he is looking for relics oh and they usually relics can be like a a treasure like gold silver well tools. and they do particularly mention in the second nun mm -hmm. that the reason he is searching for these treasures is that he was indeed an angel cast down and he's upset that uh. mortals were given these spiritual relics that were supposed to go to the angels. <laughs> so he's mad that the mortals were given the power oh. they were supposed to have. So that's why he just wants to go round up all the relics and nobody else gets them. Okay, well, the, I mean, that's that's a pastime. Um, they, sure. they often referred to him as President Volek in a lot of these different, yeah, which I found interesting, huh. um, because of his powers and controls over certain things. Uh, he was given the power to summon and command serpents as well as household spirits, which I found it interesting. Hmm. <coughs> I need to drink more tea. Yeah, drink some tea. You've been talking a lot. I'm like talking myself like my throat dry. <laughs> like that's what's happening. Um, this is how far I go for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk myself dry. If you never... <laughs> if you doubted me, don't. So nope. he can contact... how, Or he can command and summon household spirits. So, in the nun, he, there are the spirits of the nunnery or the abbey that do get huh. used and brought back. So, I think Volok is very fitting in that he could summon and command the other spirits in the area. So, having him as a demon means that any spirits nearby come into play. So, you don't just have him to contend with. Wow. You have the spirits Okay. Around you to contend. Like, I don't, I don't love that at all. No. It is also said that he leads 30 legions of demons. And a legion's like 100 soldiers, I believe. So that's like 3,000, right? No, 30 times 100. That's, that's, it's I, something. Fine. I, I, I have to do maths on my phone. All because right. 30 legions. 30 legions. I believe a legion is 100. So 100. 3,000. Yeah, so it's 3,000. Okay, I was right. I just had to make sure. <laughs> okay. Um, another 
uh, script describes him as leading 27 legions of spirits. Um, but in most of them, they do have him as commanding legions between 20 to 30 legions of demons and spirits. Oh. So... That's why he's like president. He's big bass man. He's got several legions underneath him. Okay. Okay. Um, no, y- you need to be corrected here. Oh, how much is a legion? One legion is, well, if you're talking about angels, so we're just going to apply this to demons. Okay. One legion of angels is 6,000. Oh, I was way off. Okay. Yeah. So if he's got between, if he's got at least 20, 20 by times 6,000 is a number. <laughs> That is for sure. It's like a hundred and hundred and twenty thousand. Hundred and twenty thousand. Why would somebody make him in charge of a hundred and twenty thousand demons, demons or spirits? I don't yeah. know, but basically, if you, I'd like, I'd like to know how they know this. Like, they get so specific on on these particular things. Yeah. Well, so a lot of it goes to crediting grimoires, which grimoires are books that are. I mean, like, technically they get... Uh, it's like the Encyclopedia Britannica. Britannica, but for demons. <laughs> Why? Well, like, Again. I found a Why? cool little grimoire. This is one of the grimoires he's mentioned in. I found a cool little... Wow. Like, uh, I love illuminated manuscripts. I'm just going to say that. Well, I, kn- I know that there's similar ones for angels, right? There's, like, similar... Yes. Listings for angels. Yes. Huh. He. So so I'm just going to throw this out there. So do you think demons are interdimensional beings? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How much time do we have? (laughs) Amanda checks the clock. I had to check. Listen. (laughs) Okay. So I've. I constantly go over this um i'm very much someone who believes in string theory and therefore i believe there are multiple universes and realities happening overlapping each other and i strongly believe that occasionally there are seams and even the church refers to a veil between the spirits and the mortals okay yeah i believe this veil is where those two realities are just kind of thin. thin yeah, and have sort of a, a mesh between them. I don't think it's impossible. In, in string theory, any universe that can be possible is possible and is currently happening. Okay. <laughs> so just think about a TV playing a hundred shows at the same time. Okay. And you have a pair of glasses. Okay. And your pair of glasses, when you put it on, instead of seeing all of those 100 shows playing and overlapping each other and making it hard to understand the information, you put on your pair of glasses and you can see the one show you want to focus on. Uh, okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's our reality. We're looking through our glasses. Uh, okay. But occasionally... The gla- so they capture glimpses of other... Okay. Of the other reality seeping through. And because those realities are happening at the same time and because the way that string theory works, it's a, it would be a rip in time space that they would have to peer through, which means technically they could physically cross through and where there's 
um, millions and billions upon billions of realities all happening at the same time. There's undoubtedly a universe where there is just evil, what we would call demonic-looking creatures in a burning place like hell. Okay. And these creatures may be less corporeal than we are. So, okay, so not interdimensional beings, but they... No, because that is a different dimension. Okay, well, okay. But they interact with our world so much, so maybe they're not extra dimensional, they're inner... Okay, so, no, wait, hold on, that's not what <laughs> I wanted to say. Um, I would... They are part of our dimension, they're just operating on a different wavelength. Yes, Okay. I, I, I mean, that's that's another, yeah, that's another way of looking at it. In the same okay. way that we can't perceive anything past ultraviolet, and we can't, like, all light waves past that are just gone to us. Sure. Who's to say they're not in that light wave? Who's to say that they don't, they exist more as energy than we do? Well, there are people out there, like, I was just listening to another podcast the the other day, and this lady legitimately... Um, she, she was a exorcist and she claimed that she could legitimately see demons, which I, and they were not like they did. They were not at all a human type form. No. And I, and I, she could legitimately see them like interacting and walking around and we imprint and we've talked about this with like seeing Bigfoots and other cryptids and stuff. Uh-huh. We imprint whatever information we can onto a subject to make it understandable to our brain. Yes. And for something that might be coming from a completely different dimension, even if you b- buy into, and I, I don't want to say buy into that, that sounds terrible, but like if you follow a religion and you talk about heaven and hell, you are talking about different dimensions. They even talk about it being a lower plane and a higher plane. That's true. You're talking about different dimensions. And when you're trying to interpret different dimensions, whether it be lower or higher, it's hard to understand. In the Bible, when people see angels, angels have to say, fear not, because humans look at this being, even if it's on this high spectrum, even if it's this uh, ultimate good. And it's and it can be terrifying. And it's terrifying because our brain doesn't have the capacity to understand it. Now if we're looking what at we're some, seeing. if we're looking okay. at something from a super low spectrum, you're gonna have the same reaction of What the hell's that? Well, what the hell is that? What do I do with it? Okay, that's fair. So I think whether it's truly because of God or other things, I do think technically they are interdimensional beings if you want it if you okay. want to get really down okay to the science with it okay yes technically they would be classified as interdimensional beings whether you're following religion or science right okay no and i still i still think it falls under they are not human right don't mess with them uh, i think that's fair I, I think that's fair there's a last little bit that I have to add in here, which I thought was so funny. I decided, I was looking up like, okay, like this with demons, blah, 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 this with demons. And I wanted, (laughs) I wanted to like find out, you know, how, what they use to identify demons. And then I realized we kind of already talked about some of that. Sure. Identifying demons and Mm -hmm. what to look out for. I found a wiki how about how to get rid of demons. (laughs) 
No. I'm just going to, listen, I'm not going to read the fine points, but I'm just going to list off some of their stuff. Okay, sure. So number one, rule out non-demonic causes first by getting your house checked if you hear or smell or feel strange things in a specific Mm -hmm. area. Getting a doctor checkup for anyone who feels bad behavior or has behavior you don't understand. And get someone to a doctor quickly if they hear voices or are a danger to themselves, which granted. Okay, those are all fair points. (laughs) Okay. Two. Burn sage to clear out the demon. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> get out the sage. All right, I'm on board. In the bullet points underneath, it says you can waft the smoke into corners of the rooms, including nooks or crannies, to get negative acl- energy out of there. And then it says bullet point underneath that, if you can't smoke in your home or apartment, add a few drops of white sage essential oil to a spray bottle. Oh, <laughs> no, it didn't. Filled with water and, and missed the room. And missed the room. So, like, I can totally picture this demon going, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to shuffle over this way. You're wafting it too close to me. Wait, wait, wait. You're going the other way. By the way, when you sage, you are supposed to open your windows and, and doors. So, so that it... Can actually them, leave. Pushes them out. Okay. Yeah. J- just okay. so you know. But I love oh, the idea of gosh. just like, of like modern day saging just... just being like essential oils in a water bottle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to Febreze you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Three. I... Oh, okay. Just keep going. Keep going. Three. Say a prayer to get rid of the demons. <laughs> this is wiki how. Say a prayer. Okay. Um, they, they said, uh, Psalm 23 is a very popular verse to recite. <laughs> okay, now I have to <laughs> or, look that up. Or you can chant your own mantra uh, with, with positive intentions to banish any demons. For example, no demons are welcome in this space. I command you to leave. This place is a place of light and love, which granted, very That's effective. Awesome. Most witches and people you talk to, if you have a demon or a ghost problem, they'll tell you, look up and say, get the fuck out. This yeah. is not your home. Yeah. Which I totally agree with. Which brings us to point number GTFO. four. GTFO. <laughs> bye-bye. Brings us to point number four on the wiki how. Okay. This is my preferred method of demon ridding. Okay. Bang pots and pans to scare away the from your house. <laughs> no! I don't get no sleep because of y'all. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> get out. Mother effort, just pack it up. Ding, ding, ding. Get You're out. supposed to repeat a prayer or a mantra while you bang the pots oh of Oh, my gosh. And you are also instructed by WikiHow to warn all residents first so they can get ear protection or leave the area. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. Uh, sprinkle holy water around. If you don't okay, have church holy water, right? you can make your own. And then it links you to another WikiHow. How to make holy water. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Number six, call a professional if you need help getting rid of demons. <laughs> Can I just call Sam and Dean? Seriously? Yeah. Why doesn't it say that on there? And then it tells you steps to keeping it away, like avoiding negative things, having crystals, sure. sprinkling salt okay. in your co- corners and in your doorways, wearing talismans. Wow. But I just thought it was so funny that there's a whole wiki how on how to keep demons away. Wow. Like, that's, you, that's, you don't have to wait for excellent. a priest anymore. You can just you wiki how your wiki, demon away. Wiki how okay. your demon away. All right. So uh, Psalm 23 is actually the um, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm. That's that's that one. I had to look it up. There. I, I love. 
my my thought is listen if you're going as far as putting the essential oils in a water bottle to spray around the house okay listen well you should just make holy water and put the essential oils yes, in and, it and, exactly double the trouble that's what yeah. i'm saying is like you might yeah. as well just like i'd like to get it in a squirt gun <laughs> forget forget the water bottle just put the holy water and and the sage oil in a squirt gun and you can go around the house like yeah sam and dean style and and just shoot like i just heard you over there <laughs> choo, 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 choo. nerf gun yep with sage on the end of it salt <laughs> yep the whole thing mm-hmm. get those bug guns with the salt that goes in them yep exactly <laughs> Yep. Great for ghosts and demons, Listen, too. modern demons require modern solutions. Yes. Hell yes. All of that. All of that. Okay, so to tea or not to tea? Uh, you know what? Okay, with who, though? Because, like, we've talked about Idle Moraine. Would I... Uh, with, like, Volak or yeah. the nun? Well, the nun was supposedly possessed by Volak. So the nun possessed by Volak. To tea or not to tea? Um, I'm wholly watering my tea, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make the tea out of holy like, water. Like, there's this, there's, oh. I, would, I have to mention this before before we close I, off. This was a weird research project for me because a lot of these, like, I mean, like, sometimes I'll get bad vibes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll get, like, heebie-jeebies. Sure. A- and sometimes it'll just be, like, so intense that my brain's rotting and I have to kind of, like, set stuff aside yes this is the only thing i've researched i was literally on a wikipedia page in bright daylight and i had this thought come to me that i know in my soul was not my thought this is what terrifies me i was just sitting there researching volak and going over his stuff and i was looking at uh the Solomon verses, the lower Solomon verses okay, that he's known uh-huh, from. Uh-huh. And they have his symbol. Oh, he has a symbol. Oh, yeah. Him. All demons do. Oh. Like summoning circle and the semen. And the, and the, and the, and the symbol a, for the demon. That was a faux pas. Yeah. Okay. And the symbol for the demon. I don't like it. No, I don't like it either. I I'm sitting here like chilling and I get the thought. You should get out a Ouija board and talk to him. And I've listen, I and Amanda noped. I immediately that process so fast. I immediately was like, um, excuse me, intrusive thought. <laughs> that is that is someone else's thought, not mine. That was not my thought inserted into this. That is crazy. That was definitely that so like bad. One of Volak's little like serpents slittering up and just being like hey you should call me <laughs> hey we can be besties get out the ouija Let's oh and talk. demons will be so nice and so sweet to you mm. to get you to call them no and then once you do you're you're screwed so yeah. don't listen to the nice pretty soft voices it doesn't matter what they tell no. you they're lying that's no. what they do. Okay. okay, I'm I'm gonna full nope, full nope. I'm not. I don't want to have tea with Volok. I don't want to have tea it. with a nun possessed by Volok. I don't want to have tea with Volok's legions. I just don't. Just well, nope. see, but if I do the holy water tea, then I can look at him across the table and be like, "Stop trying to get me to call you." 
<laughs> Here's your tea. I literally, I went and I found my crystalline and wore my crystal for a while. Uh, yeah. Because I was just... I, I would have I would have found all of the relics. I'm probably started, gonna like, like the relics. I'm on. gonna probably eat a lot of salt <laughs> the rest of the day. <laughs> Go home and we make. Should have s- had sage tea. Go home, make some <laughs> DIY uh, holy water and just there you go. chug it. <laughs> there you go. Because that was not a good vibe. No, no. I'm glad you full uh, note. Full note. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, my lovelies. Uh. We uh, had a little fun with this episode, even though it was kind of kind of creepy AF, to be <laughs> real. But, uh, hey, like us on uh, TikTok. Uh, we are Steeped in Mystery. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. And uh, while you're waiting for the next episode to drop, keep it steeped. Bye. Bye. Bye.